So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshalls. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and more. Please do download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our good friends at the Al and Angus Pub, CNY Electrical, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Make sure you go visit their Facebook page. They've got a doggy daycare and hotel dog wash and grooming right there on Route 11 in Cicero. The official doggy daycare of the ML Sports Platter is Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. And by the way, they are linked up with BNR Bunkhouse Adoptables, a tremendous rescue group for dogs. Go adopt a pup today from that group. Uh, you won't be disappointed. They've got people training and helping and, and, and getting these pups into better homes and better situations. So uh, be sure you do indeed uh, go ahead and adopt a pup with BNR Bunkhouse Adoptables. Go find them on Facebook along with Barks and Rec, and uh, you'll be very, very happy with your new pup. Well, this is a guy who used to come on radio with me all the time, a fantastic writer, the national feature writer and insider, uh, a freelance journalist, um, he's been uh, with so many groups in the past, Yahoo among others, and uh, is really truly one of the great, great guys uh, in the business. It is Eric Adelson on Twitter at Eric underscore Adelson. Make sure you go give him a follow. Eric, buddy, been a while. How are you? Mike, it's great to talk to you. Always great to talk to you. Thank you for uh, for having me. No doubt. Miguel Cabrera, um, you're a Michigan guy. You're a Tiger guy. Miguel Cabrera. 500 home runs, the, the numbers, the resume, I mean, the body of work, it's, it's just absurd. He's going to get 3,000 hits soon as well. Um, where do you think he's made the greatest impact in the game? Uh, and where do you have him, you know, sort of on the list, you know, the pantheon of all-time greats in your lifetime? Well, I think that, that his greatest impact, Mike, is probably something we don't see, and that's in his native Venezuela. He's, he's given some money there. Uh, from his earnings, and he's just a legend that we probably can't even comprehend living in America where we're sort of replete with all kinds of amazing uh, athletic heroes. And uh, and and in Venezuela and Caracas and all over that country, there, there's, there's a legend to him that I think will inspire maybe multiple generations of players. And, and that's something that we might not ever really grasp here um, also, you know, we, we know that it's this is sort of related, but uh, it, it's a sport that's very popular in, in Spanish speaking countries. Um, but if you look at this list that he's on now, uh, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, uh, the, the ones that have hit 300 career uh, average and then 500 home runs. There's only uh, two or three, I think, Hispanic players on there. Now, no one I don't think can touch Roberto Clemente, but. Uh, if you if you pare down the the uh, the American born legends, um, 
his his place is even more exalted. Um, and then the other thing, Mike, is and I know this is the summer of Shotei Otani, as it should be. He's a unicorn. He's one in a million. But in terms of versatility, in terms of something that can be done and not really repeated for maybe a generation, Miguel Cabrera is in that conversation, too. I mean, of, of, of the very, very few players who have hit 500 and then bat, uh, bat 300, uh, I think maybe one or two of them have, have had the Triple Crown in their career. So there's so much that he has done in a way that nobody else has done. Uh, and and I, I hope that people appreciate that uh, the way I do. Yeah, and by the way, the analytic heads out there with Triple Crown not meaning as much as all these other analytic numbers is baloney to me. I mean, you look at it, you, you look at a guy with a, a high batting average, that means it's it's just a model of consistency. Uh, you know, you've got you've got runs batted in, which is the name of the game. You got to outscore the other team. You know, and and if you if you're hitting home runs, you're doing you're doing both of those things, and and you're you have an innate ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I, I, the triple crown to me is still is still a huge huge accomplishment in baseball, Eric. Yeah, no, I, I remember I, I I wrote a column like the the night he did it, uh, and I was talking back and forth with Jeff Pass, and who we all know is uh, is is uh, the dare I say the leading expert. Uh, in the media on baseball, certainly in the top top three or four, um, and and we had this discussion because he's he's more of an analytics guy. And he's saying, "Well, Mike Trout, um, you know, I, I, I get that, but um, shoot, if it's anything, any kind of stat that's hasn't really been done at all, it's really special." You know, when was the last time we had a triple crown winner before Cabrera? I don't I don't even know. It just feels like so rare. Um, and yeah, I get, you know, he, he was on a stacked team back then and there was always guys on base who could drive them in and, uh, people, you know, he had, he had, uh, I was going to say Cecil Fielder, uh, Prince Fielder, uh, protecting him. I get all that, but the thing is you still have to do it. And there's a reason that it's almost never done. And the other thing about Cabrera, Mike, is that he doesn't really lobby for himself in the media, he doesn't really do a lot of interviews. He doesn't do a lot of sit-down talks. Um, he's not a, he's not on social media very much, even though he has a huge followership. So maybe some other um, uh, maybe some other player, and I'm not saying this is Mike Trout because he's also very quiet, uh, relatively. But you know, maybe some other player would, would would beat the drum for himself a little louder, and then maybe get more attention or more respect for it. Cabrera just plays. Yeah. Uh, and I, I respect that a lot, but I think in the in the long run, in terms of when people like you and me are talking about it, uh, he 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 might be a little bit behind the others, just because there's not a lot of discussion around him. Uh, it's just appreciation. By the way, there are only uh, eleven, actually, it's ten people who have accomplished the triple crown in baseball history, and it's happened twelve times. The reason it's 10-12 is because uh, Ted Williams did it twice and Rogers Hornsby did it twice. The answer to your question is Carl Yastrzemski in 1967 uh, was the last one to do it before Miggy did it. It's just it's just remarkable. Um, how long do you think he plays? Well, I think his contract is two more years. Um, yeah, it's a few more and so he's I, got that vesting option stuff going on for a couple. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a t- it, it, it was a terrible contract. It, it just, I mean, you know, just put the appreciation aside 
and what he means to the, the Detroit and the Tigers will never be diminished. But it was a bad contract. I mean, yeah. It was just something yeah. that you knew right away that financially it wasn't it wasn't bright. But um, he loves playing. Um, he knows he doesn't need to play. He's scuffling a little bit relatively. I, I think his average is something similar to 250. I think he only has like 13 home runs. So it's not what he's used to. But I, I actually think, Mike, that he might be a little happier. Having followed him throughout his career, I think he might be a little bit happier now than even he, even he, he might have been during the golden days of the Tigers when they were competing uh, for divisions in the World Series. Because this is sort of a bonus. He doesn't have to – people aren't looking to him to win a World Series – uh, he has younger players around him who love him, who are very excited to be in the big leagues. If they finish 500 this year, it's a huge accomplishment for the team. I just think there's less pressure and more fun for him. And if he wants to take a day off, take a day off. That's something that's not even a big deal. Um, so I, I, I would never call it sort of a, a semi-retirement because he cares very much about every single at-bat. But he's in a place where there's, there's, uh, there's icing on the cake. Uh, and and he can really enjoy playing. So I think he I think he will play. The other thing about you know Mike, I don't know if you've ever seen Miggy in person. But he's such a giant guy. Um, so I mean, he's really one of the biggest baseball players I've ever seen. Um, and he's not somebody who uh, who who is going to be unable to hit one out of the ballpark even when he gets older. So so it, 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 even though he's definitely not as lethal. He's still capable, and I think that'll keep him coming back. No doubt. Freelance journalist Eric Adelson, our guest here on the ML Sports Platter, at Eric underscore Adelson. Let's shift to college football. Uh, Michigan, what do you got? What do you expect? Harbaugh, I mean, how hot is the seat? Uh, we're we're here, man. The season's here. Well, I say this half in jest. Is, uh, I feel like Harbaugh will be the coach until Tom Brady is ready to take over. <laughs> um, you know, you see what happened with Jawan Howard. <laughs> I have to think that the AD Ward manual is like, hmm. You know, I, can't you see Tom Brady being a coach? I mean, I think you can see that. And why wouldn't you make that call if it continues to not work out with Harbaugh? I, I, I think that you have nothing to lose. If, if Brady calls it quits after, I mean, the thing is, I was, I was just at the Bucks practice, Mike, and if you didn't know he was 44 years old, you think he was 24. He's just in incredible shape, and I'm still, you know, I, I don't see any retirement anywhere on the horizon. But, wow. you know, let's just say, Let's just say that this year he's done with it and he just doesn't want to turn 45 and play. Wins another Super Bowl, he's like, that's it. Um, I, if I'm the Michigan AD, I call him the next day and be like, Tom, come home and coach our team. Um, but it's the least hyped Michigan team in my lifetime. You know, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up in Ann Arbor. I've been following Michigan football since Tim Harbaugh was playing. Uh, and and I've, there's never been less hype around this team. Now, is that something good? It might be. I really have felt that even though the Harbaugh era has is disappointing, the one thing that, that that I think would change that is just a good quarterback. You would think that that would the one, be the one thing Harbaugh can can uh, produce, but the pros that he's produced have been very very good. I mean, if you look at the NFL, the rookies and second year players are really all over the league. Donovan Peoples Jones, people like that, Maurice Hurst. Um, there there have been some really good sort of outperforming players um, uh, dotted all over the NFL. And they didn't have that really under, under Rich Rod so much or Brady Hoke. So that part has been good. Uh, you know, Sean Gary, Julius Peppers. Um, <clears throat> but they just haven't had that quote franchise quarterback. So if they find that quarterback, 
the talent's still there. I mean, I don't know if it's OSU talent, but uh, it, 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 the talent's going to be there. So if they have the quarterback to sort of make up for the deficiencies or the mistakes, they can certainly be in the conversation the entire year. But if they have another quarterback who's good, not great, you know, Shea Patterson was good, not great. Uh, Joe Milton was good, but he just wasn't able to, wasn't disciplined enough. He turned the ball over. They just haven't got a guy that's reliably going to turn over the tables if they're behind. And uh, if they find that guy, then then I think Michigan will actually contend again. Buccaneers, you mentioned being at, at camp. Give me a reason they repeat and a reason they don't. Um, man, well, you know, I don't know if you have a betting audience, but I think the over-under is 11.5, and there's rarely a bet that I would run to the bank for, and that is one. I would be shocked if they're under 11 wins, uh, 11.5 wins at a 17-game season. Um, a reason they win is they have the greatest player of all time. He hasn't lost a step. I mean, last year he was playing on, I think, an MC, a slight MCL tear, maybe it was PCL tear. Uh, he wasn't fully healthy, and yet that they were, they won the Super Bowl. I, th- I think there's reason to believe they'll be better this year. They don't lose anybody. They keep almost all their offensive snaps, almost all their defensive snaps. Um, this guy, I think his name is Joe Tryon. I believe he was drafted in the first round. He looks like a beast. Yeah, in the, in the, good. That was the that was the only place where they were even a little bit deficient was in the linebacker. He's a linebacker, and he can play two ways. And wh- what I mean by that is he's able to rush the quarterback, but also backpedal uh, and in, move in space. Um, you know, I, I think the reason is that they 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 just have everything they need, and they're very confident. They have good coaching. They they're just as good as they were last year. The reason they don't repeat is. I just think that. And by the way, one more thing. One more thing. Their schedule. It, it's so funny. I mean, this won't be really discussed too much in the in the Tom Brady legend, but he's found a way to have a relatively easy schedule his whole career. I mean, when he was in New England, the Dolphins, Jets. I, mean, I don't have to tell you the Bills were bad. You guys, you know more than anybody, Mike. And now he's in this conference, which used to be a pretty good conference, but. The Panthers are rebuilding. Now the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. And Atlanta's at the end of the Matt Ryan. I mean, it's just they, he just sort of stumbled into a lull in that conference. So Yeah, but I you know what? He beats the piss out of people when it matters most in the playoffs, so it all evens out to me. That's right. That's right. And don't forget, they went on the road three times of course. to get to yeah. to, to, to get yeah. to the so yeah. uh, absolutely right. And 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 point well taken and important point to to to, to put across. The reason they don't, I mean it is kind of a veteran team in certain places. I mean, Rob Gronkowski has been injured a lot. Uh, Antonio Brown is older. Tom Brady, obviously, that's everything you mentioned about him. It has to do with his age. Um, and so if there's any dings or nicks, which they really didn't have, I think they were one of the most least injured teams last year. If there's any holes in that, um, then, yeah, I mean, it can, it can, it can come apart. Uh, they have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They're pretty deep. But the other thing, Mike, is that you're only as good as your weakest link on the offensive line. And last year, they had such a strong – they had Wirfs, who looks like a Hall of Famer, um, and, and Donovan Smith. He's, he was healthier than normal. If you get one or two injuries on the offensive line, a you know, great example, actually, is the Ravens, where they had Ronnie Stanley, who's sort of an all-world oh, – you remember yeah. from Notre Dame yeah. – all-world player – Suddenly, halfway through the season, he's out, and and then Lamar Jackson isn't as good. The running game isn't as good. 
one injury on the offensive line can change the entire offense. So, um, but if they stay healthy, I, I, you know, you can't ever count out Pat Mahomes ever, ever, ever. I mean, he makes one more play last year and they're two time repeating champs. But uh, if they stay healthy, then I fully expect them to be back to the Super Bowl. Okay, final thing for you, Eric. I'd like to have you just kind of have the floor in terms of, you know, promoting uh, all the, um, you know, all the the, the National Diaper Bank Network that you're involved with and and some of the other groups uh, to try and really, really help, uh, you know, families and children uh, with with those groups and and, and where people can donate and kind of see some of the stuff you're doing. I, I really appreciate that, Mike. I, I'm a member of the board of the National National Diaper Bank, Diaper Bank Network. One out of three American families struggle to provide diapers for their kids. And if you're struggling to provide diapers for your kids, that means you're struggling to provide food for your kids. And if you're struggling to provide food or diapers for your kids, that means that going to school every day is a little bit difficult. And in the last year and a half, I don't need to tell you how important it is, the discussion we've had nationally about getting kids in school. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are about COVID, you want kids in school. Yeah. And it's harder to do that um, if there's a kid at home or if you if you can't put your kid into daycare or you just can't provide and get them to school with a meal. So uh, any kind of poverty relates to diaper poverty. Um, and that's why I want to try to do my part to donate even a few diapers to a local diaper bank. Western New York, uh, you know, near and dear to you, that has uh, has several uh, fantastic diaper banks. Uh, Central New York as well. Um, if you if you want to find a diaper bank near you, please reach out to me on Twitter or or email or whatever. I'm happy to guide you. But here's the thing: I want you to know. This morning, I took maybe one pack of diapers to the the, the on campus diaper bank where I work at UCF. You know, and and they asked me like, "Oh, who are these for?" And like, it's for whoever who needs. You know. A diaper or two diapers or three diapers may not feel like much for you. It's five, ten bucks. But to, to a baby who needs to get through the day, oh, it's yeah. a world changer. Huge. So don't be shy about donating five diapers. Or if you if you have a kid that's just growing out and you have a sleeve that you're not going to use because they're potty trained, give that. Um, little diapers make a difference. And so that's why I wanted to share that with your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, my... First child is going to be 20 weeks here in a few days, and you go through a lot of diapers. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Eric Adelson, at Eric Adelson, uh, at Eric underscore Adelson on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Uh, Eric, great to catch up, man. Thank you. Thanks for tracking me down, Mike. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Get it done today with Brian. We're super happy with what he uh, created for us Uh, for our financial future. You can go get them on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and also at advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Prestwick Golf, Stanley Law Offices, Bryant Stratton College of Syracuse, and our great, great friends at Ken's Auto Detailing. Go get your car detailed today at Ken's Auto Detailing. You'll literally feel like you drive off that lot with a brand new car. A to Z, wax and wash, inside, outside. Get the chrome covering, all at Ken's Auto Detailing, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Super pumped up to bring him on the program. He is a Red Sox studio host and producer, WEEI in Massachusetts, the great city of Boston, on Twitter at It's Brian Barrett. We're going to talk a little Red Sox and a little Patriots 
uh, here on the ML Sports Platter. BB, man, welcome back, buddy. How are you? Mike, how are you, dude? I'm, I'm well. Uh, things have changed a little bit since we last talked in the American League. Uh, playoff <laughs> race, yeah, playoff races, wild card races, etc. Um, where do the Red Sox go from here? Yeah, they're in real trouble right now because if you look at it, the schedule is easing up right now, although they barely took two or three from the Rangers. It took them 11 innings to beat the Rangers yesterday, and they get Minnesota, then they get Cleveland. But the issue right now for Cora, and this kind of dates back to the trading deadline, there's been a clear drop-off with this team since then, is the bullpen has just been a complete dumpster fire over the past three weeks or so, which was a strength of the team. You go back to the month of June, the bullpen won 12 games out of the 18 wins that they had. And ever since then, Corey doesn't really have guys he can rely on. And that's why you look at High Bloom. And last time we talked, I was praising High Bloom for the offseason and some of the pickups he had. But at the trading deadline, the biggest issue I had was not with the fact that they didn't get Anthony Rizzo. They got a bat in Kyle Schwarber. Now, ideally, you'd like him to play first base. He's going to try that out at the end of the week. He's taking ground balls, actually, today there. So hopefully that happens. And he's actually been a nice add to the lineup when he's been able to play over the past few weeks. But Heim Bloom identified that they needed more bullpen arms. He got two guys. The problem was he got Hansel Robles, who was awful this season for the Twins, one of the worst relievers in the sport. He had a hard hit rate that was second last amongst all relievers. And this guy, Austin Davis, Mike, and you had to Google who Austin Davis was when the Red Sox traded for him, right? So the issue that I had is you half-assed the trading deadline. You essentially said, we need relievers, but you went after unknown commodities, and we see all these teams across the sport, Atlanta, who is not nearly in as good a shape as the Red Sox were prior to the deadline, now they're in first place. They get Richard Rodriguez, an established reliever. The Padres go out there, and I know they've been struggling, but they got Daniel Hudson, who, I don't know, pitched in this thing called the World Series two years ago, and the Red Sox were stuck with one guy you got to Google and another guy that's not good. And right now, Matt Barnes has completely fallen off. The guy's been an absolute mess. You have to yank him from the ninth inning yesterday. You've got really two relievers you can trust right now in Garrett Whitlock and in Salamore. And even Whitlock blew up last week against the Yankees. But for the most part, he has been nails all season long. He's really the main reason they won their game yesterday against the Rangers has to fill in for Matt Barnes. But that's the issue. They cannot get outs late in games. And the other thing is they're not hitting late in games either. Okay, so Whitlock should close. Yeah, that's the question, right? I mean, we actually tossed that around yesterday is when you look at Whitlock, he's definitely got the mentality. He's got the attitude to be able to do it. The only issue is this, though, Mike, is Garrett Whitlock's been a guy that has been able to give this team multiple innings. Like yesterday, he gave you two and two-thirds. So if you have him in that ninth inning role, how do you get to him, right? So how do you go from whether it's the sixth inning to the ninth inning or from the seventh inning to the ninth inning or in the case of some of these Red Sox starters from the fifth inning to the ninth inning? That's the only problem that you run into. But I would not be opposed to for that of that whatsoever. And part of the thing with Barnes is this. I, the mentality has changed. So if you look at it, prior to him getting his contract extension, he had a 44% strikeout rate. That was third amongst all relievers. Since then, he has a 29% strikeout rate, which is still pretty good, but it's not out-of-worldly. Out-of-worldly, rather. It's 47 amongst relievers. And he was working fast at the beginning of the season. Now he's working slow, which is the old Matt Barnes, where he's not competent in his stuff whatsoever. And he also said at the trading deadline, he'd be okay with bringing in Craig Kimbrell, which completely goes against what he did at the beginning of the season when he went into Cora's office and he said, I want to be the closer. So that mentality has changed with Barnes. And Josh Taylor, this guy had a scoreless streak of 26 straight innings since, or 26 straight outings, I should say. Since then, 
he has a 20% walk rate. He can't he can't throw strikes. Darwinson Hernandez is on the injured list. He walks a bunch of guys, but he's been pretty good for the most part this season. Salah Moore has been good, but really right now you have two relievers you can rely on. And Ottavino's a complete dumpster fire. That guy walks the ballpark, and if he gets a first, it's a double. <laughs> what's they can't hold guys on. I mean, it's incredible. It's I mean, awful. And they know it. They yeah, yeah. They've admitted it. They said there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Will they make the playoffs? Oh, I think they're going to squeeze into one of the wild card spots. Okay. I, see, I think, quite frankly, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this. I think the A's are slightly overrated. The only thing that scares me about that, Mike, now the Red Sox schedule is angel food cake down the for the rest of the season. <laughs> they have a lot of easy teams, especially because they got six left with the Orioles, right? Yeah, yeah. But the A's, man, that division is trash oh, outside awful. of them and the Astros. So, and, yeah. and look, the Angels are feisty, but that is not a good division. So that's the thing that worries me. But really what they need to do is they have to fi- figure out what they're doing with Tanner Houck because this kid has come up and he's thrown the ball really well. Now, going back to that doubleheader against the Yankees, they pull him after four innings, which in that game I didn't really have an issue with. It wasn't the best Tanner Houck performance, and it's a seven-inning game, so it's really as if he gave you six. So Corey's going for the jugular. It's just one of the only games Garrett Whitlock didn't come through. You're hoping to get two from him, but here's the issue. Either they have to let Whitlock go deep in games, or you got to find a different role where maybe he comes out of the bullpen every three days and gives you three innings because right now, he goes out there for four innings, four and two-thirds, maybe five innings at the most, and he gives you a good performance, yet the Red Sox waste it because the bullpen's not good. So that's what they have to figure out. What is the role of Hulk going to be going forward? Let's get to the Patriots. Um, QB1, week one, who you got? Man, if you asked me this question, like, probably 48 hours ago, I would have said Cam Newton, but it feels like things have changed. Now, I always felt like the battle had been pretty much neck and neck going back to mandatory minicamp OTAs and what we've seen so far in the preseason, et cetera. But everything that has transpired over the past two days points to Mac Jones having a real opportunity. So first of all, I quite frankly, and I know like Cam's not playing against starters either. Philadelphia didn't start their ones, if you will, in their preseason game. Washington did, but Cam was not good in that game. Cam was fine in the game against the Eagles, but I've been more impressed with Mac Jones because he gets the ball out quickly. He can run the hurry up. The Patriots are putting him into all different situations, right? And now he has two more days without Cam Newton in the facility because Cam Newton, because he went to an approved doctor's appointment or a approved treatment from the Patriots. He went to Atlanta, but now he's going to wait five days to return to the facility because some mix up with the testing and for unvaccinated players, you have to wait five days before you can return if you don't stick to the string, uh, the schedule. So, Cam Newton's not going to be back to the facility until Thursday. Bill Belichick said today that this is an opportunity for Mac Jones. Those are his words. It is an opportunity. So Mac Jones, if he now he did not have a great practice yesterday, but if he plays well against the Giants on Wednesday, I don't see why he won't turn into the front runner. He also said, Bill Belichick, on our station yesterday, WEI, that the person would have to beat out Cam Newton. Cam's the starter, but he could be beaten out essentially, as I'm paraphrasing what Bill said. And I would expect that come Sunday in the Patriots' final preseason game, Mac Jones is going to be the starter. If the competition is this close, it makes no sense whatsoever not to give Mac a start after you gave Cam two. So I'm predicting now that it's going to be Mac. Give me a reason in closing why this is a playoff team and give me a reason why they wouldn't make the playoffs. Well, I would say just the main reason they would make the playoffs is because of the defense, right? So now... There's a big issue right now is what the hell is going on with Stephon Gilmore. 
They got to get that guy there. And it makes no sense that they don't get a deal done, right? Bill Belichick spent all this money in the offseason. Well, I should say he spent all Robert Kraft's money in the offseason <laughs> to upgrade, right? I mean, yeah. John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, oh, and you added a guy like Matthew Judon to the defense. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it from that perspective, Bill's obviously trying to win right now. And I would expect that if you're going to win, every great Belichick defense has had a great corner from the New England days, right? I'm not going back to his Giants days, but it started with Ty Law. Then it went to Asante Samuel, and then they weren't good for a couple of years defensively. They get to leave for a year or a year and a half. He's pretty good. They rent Revis for a year. They win a Super Bowl. In the past couple of years, it's been Gilmore. So I have to expect at some point that deal gets done. That would be the main reason the defense is great. And the quarterback play is significantly better than it was a year ago, where it's not a hindrance to the team, where you're not turning the football over, because that's what we saw so often last year. And I do feel like this offensive line has a chance to be one of the top five groups in the sport. They're very deep at the running back position. They don't have a star. So I think they're one of those teams that they're going to be, they should be in every game. I mean, maybe save Tampa because Tom Brady's coming back to New England. Maybe he's got this all-star team, but they should be in every game. And if you're close in a talent from a talent perspective to most other teams, the Patriots are going to have the coaching advantage most weeks. He's on Twitter at it's Brian Barrett, W E E I host in Boston, Massachusetts. Brian, you're the best. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work and we'll talk down the line, man. Enjoy the craziness of the playoff races in MLB and of course the start of the NFL and college football seasons. I know you're dying for SU to start as well, my man. I know, no doubt about that. I can't <laughs> wait for the college football season. I'll tell you this though about the baseball, the playoff race. I won't enjoy it, Mike. I'll be nervous the entire time. I was sweating out the Rangers game yesterday, okay? So, yes, I'll be watching them. I will not be having fun. Sports Platter here brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State and our great friends at Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, hot and cold subs and more. Ask about their Lunas, their burgers, the stuffed shells and more. Fish Friday every single week plus mac and cheese available on Thursdays and Fridays on Facebook, on Instagram. Gift cards are always available. And, hey, they've got the great salads in the cooler, Pepsi products, desserts, and chips to go as well with your hot and cold subs at Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor right in front of the Brewerton Bridge in Brewerton, New York, off the Bartell Road exit. If you're in and around the area, please do stop for lunch and dinner on a daily basis. They do close at 3 on Mondays and Tuesdays and are closed on Sundays. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Also, a huge tip of the cap. Thank you to Camillo's Golf Club, your state farm agent, Matt Graham, and the Whitaker and Swan families for their support of the platform. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Big time thanks to both Eric Adelson and Brian Barrett. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. 
And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cashback one more time. We match all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to find your reason and brighten someone's day with exclusive offers and great values on bouquets and arrangements. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.